0: actually Skype in and do an hour long just conversation with the students. And I had the students ask questions about about brand and about where they see their brand going, their business moving, what audience characteristics they, they appreciate in their clients, so on and so forth. So we basically have a creative meeting with all these clients.
1: Welcome to the Channel Mastery Podcast. If you're a specialty business and brand leader obsessed with understanding what the most effective channels are today to connect with, serve, and sell to your target consumers, then you've just found the perfect podcast and community. My name is Kristen Carpenter, and I'm your host and the founder of Verde Brand Communications, the presenting sponsor of Channel Mastery. Verde created the Channel Mastery podcast to level the playing field for the specialty brands we serve. Every week on this show, we study how consumer preferences are changing and the evolving channels they like to use to engage with their favorite brands. Once again, welcome to Channel Mastery and subscribe today. Hey there, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Channel Mastery Podcast. Kristen Carpenter here, so excited to be your host, and I am the CEO and founder of Verde Brand Communications, the presenting sponsor of Channel Mastery. You can check us out at verdepr.com. We have an incredible team of very passionate enthusiasts who are so, so good at providing integrated, multi-channel brand communications for specialty brands. Again, veritypr.com. All right. I have an interesting show for you today. It is quite different than what you're used to hearing here on Channel Mastery. I always like to change it up for you. And I did just that today with my guest. His name is Jared Foster, and I have to read his title because it is Quite lengthy. He is the Associate Professor of Practice in the Department of Journalism and Creative Media Industries at Texas Tech. He's also an editorial and commercial photographer focusing on outdoor and conservation. So, why am I having Jared on the program today? Because Jared is the person, one of the two founders of the Adventure Media course at Texas Tech, and it is part of their communications program. It is the only program of its kind in the country, and I mean class, and it's super innovative. I mean, he takes his students bikepacking and they create media for nonprofits and commercial clients. He gives them real world experience and teaches them how to do a client deliverable, how to research that client. And what I love most about it is he's teaching Gen Zs. They are very difficult to reach, and he's essentially working with them and living with them out on these bikepacking adventures, and he has a lot of insights to share on that in and of itself, which is pretty cool. And then he also talks about how he kind of changes between what he teaches them because it keeps changing what brands need, and interestingly, without even knowing this, Verde's client, Tailwind Nutrition, was actually one of the focal clients on his last go-around. I believe it was last March in Big Bend, Texas State Park. So you'll hear all about that, which is really cool. And then I also just wanted to say that Jared has a super interesting background also with his commercial photography, and I love that he kind of melds the way that he has made a living doing that with his teaching at Texas Tech. And before I go into this episode, I have to give a shout-out to my niece, Megan Carpenter, who is actually a freshman in the program that he teaches. She's not in his course yet, but I sure hope she will be. She's crewed for me a couple times at Leadville. She comes out and skis. She's definitely an outdoorsy girl who is from Houston, and I think this program will be perfect for her. I'm just also really excited that she's in the communications realm. Very cool. Anyways, Jared Foster... He is such a good guy. You're going to love this interview. And without further ado, let's drop right in to the Jared Foster episode of the Channel Mastery Podcast. Let's do this. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Channel Mastery Podcast. I have a very special guest today for you, a little bit different than our usual guests in that he is, well, I'm going to have to read his title. It's, it's lengthy, but this is a little outside of our normal zone, but it's going to provide great future pacing is what I love, love to call it. So you're about to meet Jared Foster, who is the Associate Professor of Practice in the Department of Journalism and Creative Media Industries at Texas Tech. In addition to that, he is also in a editorial and commercial photographer focusing on outdoor and conservation. Welcome to the show, Jared.
0: Thanks, Kristen. Thanks for having me.
1: It's great to have you here today. And I just want to give a quick shout out to Frank Ledwell of Outdoor by Four magazine t- for introducing us. And it's a long awaited introduction because my niece, Megan Carpenter, actually is at Texas Tech in the Journalism and Creative Media Industries program, but I don't believe that she is part of the program we're here to talk about today yet. <laughs> not,
0: not yet, no, no. We only take about 15 students to that program, so maybe in the future, hopefully.
1: I hope so, too. So, can you give my amazing audience a little bit of background on who you are and tell us about this incredible program that Texas Tech is offering? It's truly one of the one of its kind in America.
0: Sure, yeah. Yeah, I... Uh, Professional background: I'm a editorial and conservation photographer, or editorial and commercial photographer. I've worked for a lot of different people in a lot of different industries and, and genres of the of photography. But I mostly concentrate on things that advocate for outdoor activity, outdoor conservation. Um, I do a, a fair amount of news type of photojournalism for energy and environment policy type stuff, and then I do. Uh, probably the bulk of my work is travel-oriented or for people like the Nature Conservancy and, and state uh, parks and wildlife departments. So that coincides with my work at, at the university. I, uh, as a professor of practice, I don't have a traditional research academic research program. I'm expected to actually uh, bring the industry directly into the classroom. So my work as a photographer is Pointed in two directions. One is a freelancer, but one is something I can bring right into the classroom to talk to students about being a professional in the in the field.
1: That is so, so valuable.
0: Yeah. It's, you know, I think a lot of bigger universities that um, are are pushing for larger and larger research footprints are valuing the professor of practice role because while their faculty are are certainly qualified to To be at those universities and be in front of a lot of students, sometimes, you know, that comes at the expense of uh, not being able to teach towards the industry where a lot of the students are actually going. And so we feel like we complement that type of faculty and that type of instruction by providing a a more hands-on, you know, facet to, to the whole higher education scene.
1: Absolutely. So before we get into details on the program, can you give a quick synopsis? And I realize this is probably not possible in a quick synopsis, synopsis, but do your best on just how disrupted the university, you know, secondary education experience is becoming here now that we're at the beginning of 2020.
0: Disruptive in, in, in what ways? What?
1: Meaning, I just think that the type of, for example, the reason that I'm excited about the prospect of you, perhaps, you know, my niece, for example, is in your program with you bringing real work experience. That to me is more valuable than potentially you being like a publishing professor of research, right? You're equipping my student or my my kid or my niece, whatever it is, with more of a real-world approach. And I also realized, like, online education and Google and Apple announcing in 2018, I believe it was, that you don't have to have a degree to work there. You know, there's just been a bit of a shift in terms of how we all are viewing that secondary education diploma.
0: Yeah. So, like I said earlier, I think there's—the best way to put it is the professor of practice role or or those faculty that are brought in to to teach— the maybe a bit more practically towards the industry um, are there to, to really complement what they what they would have traditionally got. And they still do get, especially in a large university setting where it's kind of, sometimes it can be kind of intimidating for students to come in and go into you know, big lecture halls and, and that kind of stuff. And, and nobody here is, is arguing that those kinds of things are, are tough to, to handle when you're fresh into college and all that kind of stuff. But we're the type of faculty member that hopefully can translate those larger kind of bigger idea, more theoretical ideas, at least into the more practical space in the more uh, industry facing space. And, and we, we do that a lot of times by again, bringing that industry knowledge and that that current industry knowledge into the classroom, but also by, by putting the clients themselves or the, the, Better put putting the students themselves in front of the clients while they're still in college, and that gives them a way to experience what work is like
1: yep that's where i'm going <laughs> yeah
0: yeah and that's that's exactly what it is like you know it I'd sound like a curmudgeon if i if I talked too generally about you know the current generation of students but but one of the things that that we've really really found valuable and and hopefully the students uh, have found valuable is that we're now able to replicate the quote-unquote real-world environment through some classwork really well. And it's simply because we create the real world for them. I mean, we, we put them in front of, in front of clients. The, the program, well, a number of these what we call transformative undergraduate experiences, a number of the ones that, that I'm fortunate to teach have, aside from getting a grade at the end of the class, they also have a client that they have to satisfy and keeping in mind that it's still, it's still college. It's still school. So, you know, nobody's getting fired over anything, but, but at the same time, they, they have a, they have a real professional expectation placed on them. And I think that heightens the, the quality of the work that they do. It also heightens the experience that they have in the classroom. When it's a field-based course, like the ones I like to teach, they discover that there's an opportunity to make a living Doing something that they didn't necessarily think was all that doable, like like being in the outdoors all the time, or or or, or uh, you know working in a different space other than the traditional nine to five.
1: I'm with you. Thank you for that explanation. So let's talk about the Adventure Media program. Okay. I'm super excited. So where did it, like, I guess, give us sort of a, what is it? And then back up a little and tell us how it, it came to be.
0: So Adventure Media is a class in the College of Media and Communication here that we created for folks that are interested in learning more about and or working in outdoor media, outdoor marketing, outdoor recreations. Th- th- those media uh Industries that support that type of field, and probably the field that largely your your audience is, is composed of. And we do that. It's it's a completely field based experience. So we we're teaching mostly students that want to incorporate their filmmaking expertise, their photography expertise, their writ their ability to write well and tell stories um, in the outdoor context. And uh, it, it, it all started. Uh, a little bit back, I think back in 2013, I helped host a, a filmmaker and a and basically the, the primary subject of a ultra endurance running documentary called 100 Head, Heart, and Feet. And Mike Mooney was the director of that piece, and I was I was really kind of just blown away up by the documentary, uh, and in meeting him, we really kind of got along and, and started going back and forth on, on just in different conversations. We, we've never had a chance to work together, but through that experience, meeting him and and Zach who's the runner in the documentary and then seeing who they were tied to in the industry kind of made me think we need to create a class that's, that's based around the, the idea that students can earn a living in this outdoor recreation media market. And, and so and we've got a lot of talented photographers and videographers and students, so, but we tend to, and colleges are like this. We, we tend to teach them about generally the industry, but what, what, that, comes, that comes with the risk of teaching them too generally and not letting them kind of dive deep with their own interests in creating the media that will, will ultimately support them in getting a job. So Adventure Media came along. We created a, a semester-long, traditional-looking class. It had a couple of voluntary field trips with it. And it, it, it felt a little too, too much like the regular class here at Tech. So a couple of years uh, go by, and uh, my, my teaching colleague in this class, who is actually a, a traditional tenure-track research professor who has a cycling background, who has a, a, an intense outdoor background, we were talking one day together and the, the idea of teaching adventure media got thrown out again. And I said, hey, why don't we do it the, the way we should have did it the first time, which is have one big expedition component to it, some training beforehand, some critique feedback sessions afterwards. And, and let's just call it good there. And we'll, we'll tie the, the work that the students do to external clients. And, and then that's so that's kind of where we where we went with it. And so for the past, this is our fourth year in that iteration What we do is we base a a spring semester-long class around a week-long spring break bikepacking expedition to a particular location that's close enough for us to drive, far enough away to feel like you really got out of the out of the South Plains. And this is our third year to go to Big Bend Ranch State Park, which is really the perfect, uh, you know, "quote unquote" classroom space for this class to to happen. And. It's a really rugged environment. I I would say one of the roughest in in the Southwest, but also known for its mountain bike trail network that is really suited for bikepacking for sure. It's uh, definitely not the best single track in the planet, but for what we do, that adventure-oriented exploration, go tackle multiple days worth of riding and never see the same place again that type of activity, it's perfect for it. So we do that during spring break. And during that time, we, we basically move the class from pre-production into production mode for different types of assignments that are pointed toward clients. The students have to create, there's three groups that will create three different short documentaries uh, that um, attend to, to different client needs. We have um, uh, one client that we produce uh, social media content for. That's our for-profit client. And then we, and we always have a nonprofit client that we, we try, to, try to work with. Last year, we worked with Bikepacking Roots, which is Kurt Snyder's organization that basically uh, advocates for bikepacking and mountain biking activities and access in public lands. And then uh, you know, we, we've worked with a, a number of, of other clients before. One that you might be familiar with is Tailwind Nutrition. We, we worked with them.
1: That's one of our clients.
0: Yeah. so the, the very first year we we worked with them uh, they, they probably pulled more weight than we did they provided us a lot of a lot of product and you know I think they used a, a few bits and pieces of what we produced for them but but that's kind of the point like they're there they're supporting the education of these students and then they get the pick of whatever they want to use
1: that is so smart
0: you know and, 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 and we get to you know I think there's a, a great exchange between the class and the clients uh, it does put that professional expectation there but I think all of the clients for the class also understand that they are working with college students and and not somebody that's been 10 years in the industry.
1: So not only are they working with college students, but they are becoming engaged with that demographic, which has traditionally not been the easiest nut to crack.
0: Right, right. And and I'd say it's still a really, really hard one to, to get engaged with. And it's mostly because the people that we have in the class, the students, they're, they're so, they're so, uh, um, uh, they, they resemble intensely the experience economy and not the material economy. And so I think it's harder to get engaged with this particular generation because especially for, for a brand that sells a particular product like a coat or, or a jacket or, or a bicycle, my favorite is like a backpack company or, or hiking uh, boots company, uh, this This generation is more inclined to skip paying a couple hundred bucks for a pair of good hiking boots and take and, and buy a, a cheaper pair so they have a little money to spare to go to drive further uh, to to a different location every time so they 're not as as concerned with the material product so much so than than or at least they 're not as concerned about that as they are the the actual experience that they're having and the communities that they build around them with that experience. So, yeah, I think it's a great way. This class is a great way for the, the these brands to also put themselves in front of this generation. It's a perfect Petri dish. I think you said that earlier. Uh, you know, it's a perfect Petri dish for, for that to happen and then create unofficial ambassadors for these brands and also these activities. Last year, we had, a, we had a pretty fresh group of students who you know, didn't, hadn't spent a whole lot of time in the backcountry before. Some of them had never camped before. One, one particular uh, female student, she, she didn't know, even know how to ride a bike before she interviewed for the class. Because we, we do have to go through an application and interview process for safety reasons, really. But that group gelled so well around the activity of mountain biking and bikepacking. And they took it as a point of pride that they were working with people like Oveja Negra bikepacking, which is is in Salida, and and then uh, also working with bikepacking Roots That now they're all they're all advocates for mountain biking, and they and they still regularly go riding together. In fact, we have That's three awesome. three of the students returning for this year's program, and mountain biking is probably you know, one of the reasons why they why they want to come back. So, anyways, it's it's a good place for brands to to be engaged with that particular audience. That I, I would imagine is pretty difficult, too.
1: It is. And I have some questions, too. I'm really excited to find out how are you evolving this, I guess, on a regular basis? Because obviously, owning a brand communications company, that's basically all we do is we're always in transition. We're always evolving. We're helping our clients evolve. The channels are changing. That's the whole reason behind this podcast. So how do you select what media you're providing to these clients and how do you enable and equip your students to have that evolutionary mindset?
0: Mm-hmm. Well, one of the ways I, I think I've seen us evolve this, maybe, maybe not necessarily in a, in a format or, a, or a, a channel, from a channel perspective, but from the, the type of stories that are being told, we, we definitely have, we keep a, a pretty good finger on the pulse of what's out there in consumer media. There, there's a, a really great website that's tied to this this particular community called bikepacking.com. And a lot of the content that that, that you see produced for bikepacking.com is, is produced by not necessarily professional practitioners, um, or mm-hmm. at least that was the case. And And you, you start to see almost the evolution of the types of stories being told where uh, we see maybe fewer kind of myopic, navel-gazing adventure stories and journey type of uh, kind of ex- exploit type of stories to to now where and, and this is being adapted by brands where the stories themselves feel actually a little bit more editorial and certainly um, a bit more informative based on the experience had. So and I don't know, there's probably not a good way to to put that. I just tell my students like, don't don't try to tell just your own story. If you want to tell your story, that's great. But but also add the things that enhance that experience for you. And part of that is probably the research that went into knowing the place that you're going to be visiting. So we're trying to, to encourage the students to evolve even their attention to story, the actual storytelling content that's out there. So that's one way. We do try to provide a, a relatively multimedia approach to the class. So there's emphasis on the written word and thinking about the vernacular of how they craft story and how they craft content in different contexts, whether it's commercial or editorial nonprofit, we certainly always have them do some sort of video product, but we don't ever say that this video product is, is you're only making it for TV. We have to, we have to verse them in, in versatility and, and, and especially we have to verse them in the audience that those stories are going to be uh, presented in front of and a lot of that is is an online audience right a streaming audience not a mm-hmm. not a uh, a broadcast television one it's kind of funny that we bring field experts into the class too and and those field experts remain pretty current because they're the practitioners of the world and so they also are able to to inform the students and in, in probably what seems like more credible ways in particular things like podcasts. So we had uh, Patrick Farnsworth uh, last year come with us. Patrick um, has created a, a bikepacking podcast called bikes or death. And um, it's a great, it, there, there, it's, it's, it's really, really special what he's been able to do with that podcast in the past year and really making a name and a brand for himself. And I, you know, just just having his anecdotal experience along the way with these students is is pretty special. This year, we're going to bring Ben Johnson down from British Columbia, who does a lot of branded f- short film content. Um, he learned about the class, and we started talking. And I said, "Why don't you come down and, and hang out with us for a little bit?" And he and I are starting to work on some projects together as well. But just simply by bringing those people in, I don't know if evolution's is the right way, but we we are at least exposing the students to uh, a, enough information during this intense time of media production uh, that they now see the the versatility and the opportunity of, of what they're making going out into the field
1: that's really cool and so how are they like tell us what gets an a
0: <laughs> uh, <yeah>. working your <laughs> tail off that's what gets an egg <laughs> uh, all right <laughs> it, that's kind of it i've got this little spiel that i i, I give to entering freshman classes here at tech and i also give it to some of these field-based courses that uh you know there's three types of people in this world there's there's knowers doers and haters and uh it, it's it's our responsibility to be to be knowers and doers more than we are a hater you know we're all three of them but uh I'd rather I'd rather be two of them than, than the other, and and that philosophy really guides the success in a class like this. We we build the class with people that have experience both on production and in the backcountry arena, but we also build the class with with people that are pretty fresh and new to all these experiences as well, and and uh, in, in doing so, we're constructing a class made up of a lot of different life experiences. But all of these students have one thing in common, and that's it's they wanted bad enough to get into a class like this. And that's going to translate to work ethic while they're in it. Some of them may not necessarily know what they're getting into, and some of them really feel like they've been thrown in the deep end, definitely without a, a life jacket. But a promise, like after that spring break expedition, where they've spent six days self-sufficient, on, on, by bikepacking through some of the roughest country in, in, the, in North America, they have a sense of accomplishment because all along the way, they've had this, this desire to do the job that's, that's set that there before them. And work ethic gets you a long ways being open and collaborative with their teammates and also the faculty because we're, we're basically, at that point, consultants. We're, we're in-field editors and art directors and, and guides to, to their production and they see us doing it as well. I mean last year uh, I helped another group that wasn't a part of the class shoot a documentary on the class. So they they see that, they see that the pictures that that I make of the class go into magazine stories. So they're seeing firsthand what's happening in the industry at the same time that they're actually they're coming to this realization that they're doing it too.
1: That's really cool. Very inspiring, I bet.
0: Yeah, well I hope I hope so. I hope they I think all of them have this really kind of life-changing moment during during the class, probably more so on like, hey, I, I did something really hard. Uh, mm-hmm. That means I can go do something just as hard or harder next. You know, what's the next challenge?
1: That's really cool.
0: Yeah, man, that's a hard question. What constitutes an A? I mean, we want quality products for sure, but I think if you work hard, you're going to earn it.
1: Right. Okay. Well, that's great to know. And it also sets them up, I think, with even more real world work ethic, just from a creative collaboration standpoint. So let's, we've heard about the prep, obviously, since our client is Tailwind Nutrition based here locally in Durango, Colorado, let's use them as an example. So the pre, the prep for the trip tell us what that's about. Is it about understanding the brand voice and messaging the goals of the brand? Like tell us the story there and then kind of what happens during and what happens after.
0: Yeah, exactly. So for the class's commercial client, uh, so the for-profit client, which Tailwind is a great example. Yeah, the students are, are obligated to do their research on the brand. Just like, uh, you know, any, if, if Tailwind hired a, a an ad agency or, or you guys, since y'all are, you know, they're your client, they expect you to to do the proper homework in order to create media content that's going to benefit them, support their brand, help them build community, et cetera, et cetera. And so, so the students certainly have to go into a fair amount of research beforehand. And that's, kind of, it, that's where the class kind of seems a little funny in format because we only meet the class prior to the spring break expedition. We only meet them four times and it's on Saturday mornings. And most of that time is spent on a bike because we want to make sure that they, they have the conditioning uh, and, and the technique in order to handle some of these environments we put them in. But all along the way, we're talking about the concept behind these brands, uh, behind, uh, again, the clients of the class. But we also prep them with links and, and uh, you know not necessarily theoretical things to pay attention to, but certainly like creative conceptual things to be paying attention to as they're doing the research on these brands. We certainly, you know, this is something we'd learn, you know, just like you would learn on any job. We, we could have done a, a deeper dive on Tailwind whenever we did work with them. And I'd be happy to, to work with them again because I think they, they're, they're just so much, they're so full of energy. I love the personal touch that they provide with everything and what they represent. But uh, since then, we've kind of evolved how we even approach, the, especially the commercial client, to where last year, with Oveja Negra Bikepacking, uh, we had them uh, actually Skype in and do an hour-long just conversation with the students. And I had the students ask questions about, about brand and about where they see their brand going, their business moving, what audience characteristics they, they appreciate in their clients, so on and so forth. So we basically have a creative meeting with all these clients.
1: That's amazing. That's super good experience.
0: Yeah, and that's part of the process that these students have just not been exposed to yet.
1: Right, and then so they take that body of work, they go on site, and they create the content. You're basically coaching them through that. It sounds like exactly. And what do they do when they get back? Like, how is the client receiving the deliverable?
0: Well, in terms of technically receiving it, you know, we we basically curate everything down to what we think is a, a pretty usable product or set of products for the client. And then, and then we'll just, we'll just package it all together and send it to them by a Dropbox or something like that. But, mm-hmm. but um, it, it's kind of funny with the commercial clients, because we know that there's a probably a lot more at stake in working with those clients. We've only done social media work for them. So Instagram content and, and a lot of that helps us hit the, the photography component of, of the trip. And so it's kind of a low stakes thing for the client to get involved with because they can choose whether or not they want to use it. And and nobody's feelings gets hurt if they don't use it because they, I mean, they, we don't want to, again, the stakes are higher for a commercial client. But the second year we did this, we actually worked exclusively. So the only client for the class was actually the village of Ruidoso, New Mexico. And we did a, a trip out there where we bikepacked a hundred miles around the village and then rode some of their their single track and hiked and fished some of their stuff in town because they saw real potential in, in what the class could do. And they used this stuff like crazy. I bet. I mean there there were there were students that saw their work on billboards in Texas.
1: Oh my gosh, that's so cool.
0: Pretty cool. Yeah. They 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 really got behind it all and and uh, they, they they were so happy with what the class produced there that they even put a picture of the class that I made uh, on the cover of their like year, annual activities guide for all these how tourists neat. to see when they come into town. And it, 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 it was pretty neat. And, and they're still using that content. I'm in conversation right now with, with their director of, of marketing on on how how do we find ourselves getting back out there and with the class and, and doing more work for them.
1: I have so many things in my head right now where I'm like, plugging my clients into your class, yeah. just so you know. And I bet a lot of my listeners are feeling the same way because this is really the only program of its kind. So I guess if there is a brand out there who's interested in learning more, where would they find more about this program?
0: So I think the the last year was a really, really great year for us in producing media about the class um, because there's always a story about the class of interest. It's, it's a unique class and you know unique students and unique situations but um last year we produced a, a really cool short documentary about the student experience in the class it's called terroir which is a wine term but uh, we 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 like it for what the class does for the students and it's on backpacking.com that's the that's the public portal for it and uh, you know I think if you went to backpacking.com and googled my name you you'd end up finding it and there's also, it, it is accompanied by a written story that Brandon Weaver, a magazine writer that I've been working with for a couple of years now, uh, wrote about the class. Uh, so th- th- that's some, r- that's really good foundational information about the program. Very cool. They can always get in touch with me because I'm, I'm very happy to, to share more information about it. It's the class I think the most about. It's probably the class I worked the hardest on. Um, and uh, it's, it's kind of become this, this, uh, hallmark class of, of our ability to teach these really unique, immersive classes in, in our college.
1: That sounds really amazing. So tell me this, like, tell me a couple of examples of success stories of students who might have taken what they learned and put it into their professional lives.
0: Yeah. So we have a, a fair amount of students that come in with, with pretty decent professional experience already because they're the doers they're they're the go-getters and but we I see a lot of I see a lot of students probably more than anything change their trajectory after they get out of a class like this and point their professional expertise towards the outdoor and travel and and especially now like the outdoor tourism arena but we have a student perfect example is, is a guy named uh, Tanner Fowler who came in with a, a lot of great experience from high school as a, as a sports film producer. And he's kind of had a a tracked success story all the way through college. He takes this class. It's kind of like the, it's something different. He's hasn't, he's been used to shooting baseball and football and volleyball. uh, But this particular class let him produce something that seemingly is is quite different, even though it's still within the sports realm, if you will. Um, And that makes his work, Look more unique, and, and it probably played a, a small part in him being able to film the, uh, the, the college football championship week-long festivities this year. But you know that's one example. we have a, another student. Her name is, is Madison Walker. She is now really interested in taking her experience in the same field in sports, but after this class and really changing the trajectory where she's going with her production profession and going into to outdoor tourism. There's a, there's a whole host of uh, a photographer that works with me every now and then. His name is Justin Rex. He, he's very quickly made use of, of his experiences in this class and also the other field-based classes he's taken where he's, he's now an extremely active freelance photographer. He's actually one of our adjunct professors now. Um, oh, neat. How well we know he works in the classroom. There's a couple of examples of that, that him and a guy named Simon Parmley who made the Tarar film that people can see on backpacking.com. And then we have students that are not our majors that take this class because it's an honors class. So it's open to everybody at the university. We have students in, in, in other majors see completely some, something completely new that they can do with their own work. I've got a student named Tricia Nag, and I, li- I like telling her story because she, I think her parents were really hesitant in her taking this class last year. She had never been camping before, and the first night, we always do a shakedown ride before the spring break expedition, and that night uh, on the shakedown ride, her first ever time to camp, it drops to seven degrees Fahrenheit, Mm. and that may not sound really cold to people in Colorado, but in in Texas, that's cold.
1: No, it's cold. Yeah. It's definitely cold.
0: And she probably spent you know, a good two or three hours of that night in the restroom at the state park uh, where we were because I didn't want us to be too far away from a shelter in case the weather got super bad. But, uh, but she got up the next morning, never griped her bike. Everybody's bikes were frozen, but never complained, had a smile on her face the whole time, comes back, gets ready for the spring break expedition, does that. It's a whole week worth of, of bikepacking, finishes it. And she's a computer science major who's looking at jobs. She's looking at data analyst jobs. And she's not going to have a problem finding a job because those, those jobs are in demand. But she now wants to point her career away from a complete desk job and finding how she can use her skills and professional expertise as a computer scientist in outdoor advocacy an outdoor record basically encouraging people just like her to become more and more active outdoors. And what's really interesting is she's taking the class again as an independent study. And she's working uh, with, well, it sounds, she's working with me, but it's really me working with her on creating a geocache based journeyed experience through Big Bend Ranch State Park. And in a way that hopefully will, will enhance the experience of a, of a traveler to that place come to know, know the place, but also have them also have some agency in providing conservation data back to the department through the app. It's a little abstract right now, but it doesn't look all too much different than like Pokemon Go. It's just a, a, a way to engage a more connected audience in an outdoor setting to where the phone is not a distraction, but the phone or the tablet, whatever it is, becomes that that very valuable enhancer of the experience. That's so cool. She's working on that. I would imagine by the end of the semester, she'll have a skeleton of this app mapped out well enough to maybe pitch in front of a potential future client of the class mm-hmm. where the, cl- the class as a whole can take on building out the story experience of that app as, you know, somebody travels through a particular wild or outdoor space.
1: That is super Cool. Well, we need to look to wrap up here just because I want to respect your time and um, my audience's time, but this has been a very interesting conversation. And I love that you're molding a group of influencers, really, that are very challenging uh, in terms of a demographic. They're a moving target and they're tough for us to reach. And I love that we now have almost a little bit of a purview into like how you're training them to really feel part of the outdoors, you know, like if they came into it from a city background, for example, now they feel like they're card carrying members, it sounds like.
0: That's right. Yeah. I mean, as somebody that is raising three young daughters uh, that grew up kind of in a a rural setting, but maybe taking the outside for, for granted sometimes, that may be the most important thing that we do because we can teach them the nuts and bolts of cameras and shots and stuff like that. But If we can convert them into having a passion and advocacy for being active outdoors, then they become the next generation of those really creative professional practitioners that are doing that very thing for the outdoor industry. Hmm,
1: And we definitely need more of that. <laughs> well, thank you, Jared. This has been an awesome conversation. And again, you've given us the bikepacking.com, but is there a university address they could look up and, and read more about this
0: course? There's actually not much about the course on university media right now. So I, I think the, the best place to go is actually the, the bikepacking.com. There may be some some things floating around, but usually if you want to hear more about this, it's it's they can, they can check out the backpacking.com piece. They can, uh, use, I'm pretty active on Instagram when it comes to the backpacking class. So if they want to find me there, they can, uh, certainly do that. And then, uh, you know, if, if anybody has any questions, I am more than happy to talk about this class to no end. So shooting an email or a phone call, that's perfect. Yeah.
1: That's awesome. Thank you so much. This has been a great interview and super inspiring. Uh, thank you, Kristen. Thank you so much for listening to the show today. If you're finding value in the Channel Mastery Podcast, and I certainly hope you are, I'd love to ask that you subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform, as well as rate and review the show on iTunes. Doing so helps more people discover the content, more specialty business and brand leaders can be helped by the incredible resources we're offering every week on the show. I also would like to invite you to join our community at channelmastery.com or verdepr.com. Sign up with your email and you'll receive special resources and content created just for friends of the podcast. You'll also receive advanced notice of new channel mastery trainings and offerings. Thanks for listening and see you next week.